with us today. We do have a special um, brother Danny, sister uh, Vina Moore has COVID and she's in the hospital and then also her son Danny, uh, actually he passed away this week. So remember that family uh, special this morning in our prayers. Brother Gary, will you open us today? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. I guess mine's waiting. find Jesus here every day of the year, and you know, uh, in our lives, if we will serve him, uh, he's faithful to us, we can find him every day of the year. If you got your uh, red book, that page 10, we're going to start off in the red book, and then we're going to transfer to the blue book, but 290 uh, in the red book.
page 140, Victory in Jesus. 
I know for a fact this morning that I cannot walk without he holds my hand. And, uh, I can't even crawl. I'll just be honest with you. It's one of those things today that the Bible says that without him, Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. And we all the time think that, well, look at what I can do without him. I'm telling you right now, everything you're doing without him is nothing. Nothing. And so we look at our accomplishments and we measure our successes. The truth of the matter is, without Jesus, we've accomplished nothing and we've succeeded nothing. We just simply have gone through life. And I don't want to just go through life. I want to be successful. And that means having my faith and my trust in Him. As we said this morning, uh, continue to pray for, or pray for Brother Danny's family, his sister, uh, Vina, and then uh, their, her son, Danny's family. He, he passed this week. Uh, glad to have Sister Donna Arnold with us this morning. Continue to pray for her, uh, lifting her up in prayer. Also, uh, Bill McAfee, continue to pray for him uh, as well today. Uh, and Sister Mary will be having surgery to have her thyroid removed, so do uh, remember that this morning as well uh, in your prayer. Any others today? Say Tom Jarrett. Remember that. Any others? Anybody God knows and cares. Thank you for that. Stand with us this morning. Go to the Lord in prayer. Ushers would come at this time. Father, we thank you today for your love, your mercy, and grace. Thank you, dear God, this morning for allowing us to be in your house. Reaching everyone who's here today, dear God, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for them. Ask you, dear God, that you speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, to magnify thy name. Lord, I ask you today, draw us close to thee and one to another. Touch every need according to your plan, your will, and your purpose. And Lord, I just pray this morning, help us, dear God, as we go through the days ahead. Touch each heart of each family, Lord, those this morning know this loss or suffering. Comfort them, Lord, we pray. We'll give you glory, Father. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And amen.
page 52. Oh, the glory did roll.
glad he saved me from sin.
all comes from him. I'm so glad this morning that Jesus is greater than all my sins, greater than all my struggles. Um, there's just nothing more, I guess for, for those of us who are saved, there's just nothing more satisfying knowing that uh, we serve him. He come to earth, <coughs> and I thought about this, uh, he come to earth and he served us. Now you think about that for a second. Not, not that we, he was our servant per se, but he served us. He came down here to feed us, to nourish us spiritually and physically. I mean, he didn't uh, just show up one day, say, I'm Christ and uh, obey me and go back to be with the Father. And I, I'll be honest with you this morning, church, had he done that, that would have been enough. That would have been enough. He didn't have to die. He didn't have to prove it. He was God in the flesh. He was Christ the Lord. He was and is all these things. But he's King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the most high. There's none like him. He didn't have to prove it. It's a fact. Yet in his infinite wisdom and understanding of how you and I think, he did all of these things so that the illustration of who he is and what he desires to do in our lives would be evident. Having said all of that this morning, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, if you would stand, we're going to read two verses of Scripture. You know which two I'm going to read. Uh, if you come back tonight, if the Lord leads, we'll go deeper into depth in some of this. But uh, I've got four places in Scripture this morning I want to look at. And I want to talk about where we are, where we need to be, possibly even where we could have been. In verse 1, he says, I beseech you, brethren, Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Remember, he served us, and now he's just asking us to do a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, this morning I pray help me and help these that are here to God, all of us to hear what the Spirit has to say today and from thy word we pray and we give you glory in Christ's name and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. How, how often do you hear anybody beg somebody to come to God? Now, I want you to think about what the apostle said here. I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you, I, I'm asking you sincerely. I, I mean, if you stop to think about the apostle Paul this morning, if you go back over into the 10th into the chapter there, he said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, 
have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's the way the world is today, by the way, church. It, it wasn't just Israel there. It's, it's today in, in, in life. And I will say this, in a lot of so-called Christian places today, uh, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, not according to the standard of God's righteousness. They're going about to establish their own righteousness, and they're falling short of the righteousness of God. Why? Because they're trying to tell you you can be something not without you can be something without being fully given over to God. I'm here to tell you this morning. The Bible didn't tell me to present. Uh, some of my time. It didn't tell me to present a, a, a part of my body. Uh, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body a living sacrifice. In other words, now it's greater to do his will than it is to do your own will. It's greater to see him serve and please than it is to see you serve and please. The Bible tells us to be friends with the world is to be an enemy, uh, an enemy with God. If we're going to be pleasuring in the world, we're going to be at odds with God. And, and you say, Brother Ernie, don't go there again. Listen to me carefully. It's the world that is keeping us separated from God. Worldly things in our lives keep us from serving God the way that we need to. Holiness, and, and I would say this, holiness back, but really this, the weight of that is holding us down. And yet the Bible says that we are to lay, away, lay aside every weight of sin that does so easily beset us. We, we are supposed to put it down instead of picking it up, instead of holding it on. It's kind of like this uh, this morning. Uh, do you know what's in my left pocket? Anybody know what's in my left pocket this morning? Let me show you what's in my left pocket. You won't be shocked. It's a phone. How many of you think a phone weighs very much? Put it in your left pocket. You know it throws your balance off. That's why I carry something on my right hip. No. But I know it's in there. It's a weight. It's not, it's, not, it's not like a dollar bill that doesn't weigh much. And you'll forget a dollar's in your pocket right away. And depending on how you are, you might forget there's a quarter in your pocket. It doesn't weigh anything. It's not setting you down there, and so to say. But let me tell you this. Spiritually speaking, the love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. And therefore, that love of money can be a weight of sin that does so easily beset you. And you've got to lay it down. Obvious weights we know about, obvious things we feel, but but there's things in our lives that this morning I will say this that the that the church age today is not letting go of and they're not laying it down, they're not uh, holding it down. Instead, the church today is trying to conform and say that it all can work together and you can have all of this simultaneously and still be in loving relationship with God. And the, my Bible doesn't tell me that. My Bible says that I'm presenting my body. To God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. His standard has to be my desire. His, his way, His word has to be my God. I cannot do it by myself. I cannot do it of myself. But this is the deal. I cannot hold my 
perfect, but I would be a liar. I'm not perfect. But I know this, whenever I'm holding myself back, when I'm not giving everything that I can give, I know this this morning, that God speaks to me about that. And, and so it, it's a daily striving. That's why Paul said that he daily died out. He, he, he died daily unto the will of God. He, he would wake up in the morning and he would say to himself, today I'm serving God. Self, you just go to the others. I'm serving God. Do you think Paul had struggles through the day? He had a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Every time he did something good, Satan was sitting there telling him how lousy he was. How poor that was. How nobody cared about it. You ever, you ever thought about this? I would tell them about Jesus, but they don't care. That's Satan. You say, why is that Satan, Brother Arnie? Because Jesus said, tell them anyway. It's up to you, it's up to you to tell them, but it's up to them to do with what you tell me. Sometimes the word of God falls on stony ground. Sometimes it falls among the thorns. Sometimes the cares of life choke it out. But here's the deal. The sower's deal. He sowed the seed, and therefore the word went out. He never stopped sowing just because he thought nobody cared. Close the doors of the church. Nobody cares. Somebody will come by one day, and they'll care. They'll say, why is the church door closed? I, I still, I'm not old enough. Do you remember the day as far as the church is concerned? But there was a day when the church doors were open so people could come in and pray and nobody worried about them killing themselves. You didn't have to have a church service. You just had an open door and somebody driving down the street could have been convicted. And because of the conviction of God, they'd have walked to that church, they'd have made themselves away from it all, and they would have got saved, given their hearts to the Lord. By the way, they got Today the church doors are locked so that we keep people from coming in and stealing the stuff that we got. No respect for church property, no respect for the church house, no respect for church in general because why? The people don't respect God. That's the boiling down point. They don't respect God. There's no fear of God. There's no relationship with God. And, 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 and this thing here too, uh, and I'm not, let me go back over here. I thought I was moving on. I'm not moving on. He said this, be not conformed to this world. What's the church doing today? Conforming to the world. The world's not conforming to the church. The church is conforming to the world. And the Bible says be not conformed to the world. And by the way, when we get into it, if the Lord allowed me to do it tonight, the Bible tells us that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, right? He's a new thing, which means he's not of this world. He's not conforming to this world. He's transforming why? because of what God is putting into the mind is getting to the heart. And what's getting to the heart is changing the soul. And the soul and the spirit are identifying with God more and more instead of less and less. There's a relationship that 
There are things going on in churches today that would not have went on years back. Would not have happened. And you know, I'll be honest with you. The reason why it wouldn't happen wouldn't have been so much that the church would have stood up and said, You off there. You're not doing that. That's not happening here. It's because when people would come to the house of God, they already had a respect. And then when they got there, what happened on the inside of the church was that the what goes on on the inside is conforming to what goes on on the outside and there's no difference between outside and inside. Same music, same dress, same talk, same everything. So the separation that we're talking about, coming out and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be a God unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Wow, what a powerful scripture there. And yet this is what we say today. We say, but God, nobody wants that. So we got to do it a different way. We say, Brother Ernie, nobody says to God, God, nobody wants that. Yes, they do. Every time you say we got to do it differently than what the Bible says we got to do, then, then we're saying to God, we got to do it differently. God, we got to do it. Nobody's doing that today. Nobody's responding to that day. Nobody's changing today. Nobody's this way. Nobody. Hey, listen to me, church. My Bible says that my God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. My Bible didn't tell me to conform to the world. It said to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, conforming not to the world. Be not conformed to the world. It's okay that you're different. By the way, it's a good thing that you're different. If you're different from the world, that's good. I wasn't alive in the 60s. I'm going to be honest with you. If I was, I hope, well, I wasn't alive in the 60s. Makes sense. When I say if I was, I'm just saying, I'm sorry to say, if I was, I probably wouldn't. But listen, I wasn't alive in the 60s. Okay? I come along in the 70s. I didn't care about anything until the 80s. Let's just be honest. It's the way it works. So you look back and you hear about what happened in the 60s. What happened in the 50s? So in the 40s, 30s, and 20s, you, you had a mindset of war and God in the 20s. We, we get through the war and things start to change and then we come to the depression and the war in the 40s and, and the mindset is still there that, this, that people understand something. You got to get a relationship with God. You got to hold on to these things. And you get to the 50s and you start in what they call the rebellion. You're 
told people he was supposed to teach them. Go back and read your Bible. The Bible tells the parents and the grandparents to teach your children. The Bible tells them that they're to teach them the word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the love of God, all these things. It's supposed to be a front hook upon their foreheads. It is so, it's supposed to be evident in their lives. It's not a sidetrack. Can, can I tell you, it didn't start, though, in the 50s. It, it started a long time back because, let me just say this, the Bible tells us that, that they worked they waxed worse and worse. So Noah and his family comes off the ark. They've got a good relationship with God by this time. They've been 40 days wondering what God's going to do next. They keep floating. Finally, they, they hit the mouth. It's time to get off. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. They start the project. Like a better word. Do you think Noah's grandkids were perfect? Because I have a hard time believing they were. Your grandkids perfect? You shake your head, you're lying. I love mine and they ain't perfect. Every so often you hear, pick up this, no. What happens if you continue to allow that to go on? No respect for the parents. No respect for the grandparents. And without any respect for either authority, there is going to be no respect for God. Because God is an authority. He's the one we're supposed to be ultimately paying attention to. He, he's not just a, a, a bystander. My time. He, listen to me. God, God was supposed to be heeded and followed and, and, and worked and, or, 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 or worshipped. And, and, and today, it, it seems like God is the last thing we think of. This lost world doesn't think about God until something bad has happened. And then they say, our hearts and our minds and our prayers are with somebody. And listen to me very carefully. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again this morning. If your heart and your mind was not with God to start off with, your prayers don't matter. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you the truth. You might as well pray to the clean it box. Because it don't matter. You must first have a relationship with God. And that relationship has to be by the standards of God. It has to meet the standards and the prospect, the, the way that God laid it out in his Bible. And Paul tells us right there, we present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, the Bible says, which is a reasonable service. Well, that's just too hard, Brother Arnie. What does the word reasonable mean? buy a new car and you went to the car lot 
and he saw three of them, and he knew exactly which one is. He had three of them side by side. Listen, for sake of argument, this keeps guys out of the argument over which brand's best. We'll, we'll just say they were all Model T. Model T number one was black, standard, multi-stem, multi-window. I mean, that Model T number one was fifteen hundred dollars. Take what? Model T number two. Exactly like Model T number one, except the Model T was twenty-five hundred. Model T number three, exactly like one and two, but Model T. is a reasonable service. By the way, why is it reasonable? Because he says, present your body a living sacrifice. What did Jesus present his body as? A dying sacrifice. He died for your sins and my sins. He died so that you and I wouldn't have to die in our sins. We will die because of sin. Adam and Eve ate the wrong tree. They ate the tree of good and evil. Tree of knowledge. Had they ate the tree of life, lived forever. That's the difference. Why did God kick them out and put a flaming sword there in the way? Unless they eat of the tree of life and live forever. So now we don't go eat of the fruit of the tree of life in order to live forever. We accept Jesus' kill. It's Jesus. We have living water springing up from within inside. Why? Because we have Jesus. It's all about this, that, that God has asked us to do certain things, and they're not hard to do. They're not unable to accomplish. And if we will do these things reasonably, we will become conformed not to the world, rather, be not conformed to the world, but be you transformed. We will be transformed by him to a renewing. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to be new. Anybody woke up this morning with aches and pains? Some of you say you woke up with aches and pains. That's what my wife said. I want a new body. 
But while I'm in this walk of life, I have a new creature through Christ Jesus. Be ye renewed of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I know the truth, and here's the truth. The Bible tells me the truth. There's no other way unto him except through the word of God. And we cannot let the world come in and distract us. To separate us and to isolate us. And by the way, when we think we got a better way, it means that we're looking at God and we're saying to God, God, your way is not good enough, but so I, I've got a better way. Look at where our better ways got us. Say, Brother Arnold, why have you been going down this road there? It seemed like every Sunday. Because I'm just telling you right now, the church needs to realize the world's coming after them. I'm telling you and I as Christians, we've got to be open. Our eyes, our eyes open to what's going on around us. And be careful not to let it in. The Bible says the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Church, I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's one of these things where we're, we, if we're not careful, we won't even realize it happens. We won't even realize it happens. So distracted by the thunder lightning and hard rain everything that was going on the other night at the house the guy on the roof across the street still cannot understand why he was up there so distracted by all that that the great big wind that fell in the backyard at my house and crossed both fences didn't even know it fell until we seen it. I'm sure it made a pretty good wallop when it cracked out. I mean, there had to be some kind of noise going down. And it had to make some kind of noise when it hit the chain link fence on both sides of the easement. And yet never knew that. Because we were distracted by everything over here. You get distracted by the world. You miss up what's going on. And that's the way the devil wants it. He doesn't want us to be transformed. He wants us to conform. I didn't mean to spend so much time here this morning in this one place. But I'm just telling you, church, pay attention. The Bible says for us to look up for our redemption draws nigh. The more we see going on out here that's messed up, the more we ought to be looking up. You and I are not going to change the world. We might change aspects of what's going on around us for a moment of time, but not the world. God's got a plan for it. It's going to come to an end. Be ready. Bible says, be ye ready, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth return. Would you stand this morning?
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, dear God, today for thy word.